what science is learning about the brain today to prove what the Bible has been telling us all along about how we operate and how through intentionality and through connection with the Holy Spirit, we can retrain our brains, take control and authority over our thought patterns and ultimately our experience of life through the way that we think. This is the Legacy Minded Leadership Podcast, and we're your hosts, James and Maria Collins. We are on a mission to help you answer the divine call in your life, to experience transformation for God's glory, and to advance His kingdom. The world needs more people who are confident in their identity and are living intentionally to fulfill their life's mission. Your legacy depends on you leading yourself well and taking action towards a clear vision for your life. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are here to help you renew your mind so you can stop chasing the things of this world and start living a purpose-driven life that is uniquely yours. We want you to experience abundance in all areas of your life, but it's not just about you. It's about leaving a legacy that endures far beyond your time on earth. God has entrusted you with unique gifts. You get one life to use those gifts to leave a lasting impact for generations to come. Your legacy begins now. now. Welcome to the Legacy Minded Leadership Podcast. We are your hosts, James and Maria Collins. Today, we're still on our first series of Unlocking Your Legacy Potential. Our discussion today is going to be about the power of your core beliefs. Hello, James. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm very excited to be here with all of you again. Thanks for coming back. And let's jump right in. Yeah. Okay. James, tell us, what are core beliefs? Well, core beliefs are really important for people to understand. I'm excited about this episode, as I normally am. I feel like every episode so far is really important because uh, we designed it that way. Core beliefs specifically, when I first started learning about what core beliefs were and how to unlock my own beliefs and the power behind them, it really changed the way that I think. So I'm excited to share more today with our listeners about what that is and help you connect to this on your own. Core beliefs are silent architects behind our experience of everyday life. So they're the beliefs that we hold deep down. Usually they're attached to some kind of an emotional trigger that all of our other thoughts are built upon. They're, according to counselingdirectory.org, the definition that they have of core beliefs are core beliefs are central beliefs that people hold about the self others, and the world. Core beliefs are often formed at an early age and can refer to a cognitive content or construct such as I am unlovable or people can't be trusted. Would you say they're like the lenses that you see yourself in the world, like what you built throughout your life? Even more than that, these are beliefs that we hold about ourselves, about other people, about the world that most of the time we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. And that's why core beliefs are so powerful to understand is because a lot of times, like I said, these are beliefs that we that were built or constructed in our minds when we were kids. And until we can really deconstruct them and understand 
what do we believe and why do we believe those things, it's hard for us to even recognize it as a lens that we're seeing the world through. And that's the real power behind our message today is helping you understand that these things called core beliefs exist, and we want to help you try to uncover some of those. We'll give some examples later of personal core beliefs that we've identified for ourselves and how we've traced those back, hoping that that's going to help our listeners to start to trace their own core beliefs. So those are like in the subconscious. So it's not something that you were aware of, but your, your, your life and your thoughts are based on those beliefs. Absolutely. Every thought that you have is based on some core belief. So think of core beliefs as the roots of the tree of your thought life. So if your thought life, every thought that you have is a branch or a leaf on a tree, your core beliefs are the roots that that tree is growing from. So every thought that you have, whether it's a good thought or a bad thought, because not every core belief is bad, not every core belief is good, but every thought that you have stems from that root of what you believe to be true about yourself, other people, or the world in general. And some of these thoughts can be so pervasive that they become like automatic thoughts. And that's that's where it becomes difficult for people to recognize that this is an automatic thought that I'm having based on a core belief that I hold that may or may not be true and may just simply be a deeply held belief based on some experience that I had in the past. And especially when you think about it from the perspective of these beliefs being built in childhood, think about the limited perspective that children have. And then you build what ends up becoming a core belief for yourself based on a very limited perspective. But then you carry that belief into your broadened perspective of adulthood and you continue to allow that core belief to direct your thoughts even as an adult. And so to expand on this a little bit more, what you believe to be true, especially about yourself, will develop a bias towards those beliefs becoming a reality. What it ends up doing is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for people. There's a phenomenon called the Bader-Meinhof, I think I pronounced that correctly, phenomenon. A lot of people know it as either frequency illusion or I think the more common one is uh, blue car syndrome. There's this thought, right? Like you buy a blue car and then suddenly you recognize blue cars everywhere where you didn't recognize those before, or you go and buy, let's say a new Toyota Corolla. Prior to you looking at Toyota Corollas to purchase for yourself, you really didn't notice all the Toyota Corollas driving around. But as soon as you start looking at Toyota Corollas, or as soon as you purchase one for yourself, now all of a sudden you notice Toyota Corollas everywhere you go. So this is that Bader-Meinhof phenomenon where it's incorporating two cognitive functions. One is selective attention and the other is confirmation bias. So what selective attention is, it occurs in your brain subconsciously where you're deciding that something is important and start noticing it. So in this case, a blue car or a Toyota Corolla. Now it's important to you because it's something that you own. So your mind starts to apply importance to this thing where it didn't used to have the same kind of uh, importance. And then again, 
if you have particularly triggering or emotional stimulus, your mind is more likely to grab attention and hold on to that attention rather than mundane things. And then confirmation bias is the tendency to seek evidence that confirms your belief. So even to the point of overlooking evidence to the contrary. So even if you see things that are contrary to what you believe, your mind will tend to ignore those things and look only for the evidence that proves your belief. And so these two things coming together, selective attention, focusing on the things that your mind deems important, and then confirmation bias, which basically looks for evidence to confirm what you already believe, those two things together start to form this phenomenon where your brain is only recognizing things that, that match up to a core belief that you hold. Yeah, I love that how the brain works is so important to understand this topic we're talking about because your brain will look for the answers of your questions, right? And if you believe that's your truth that, for example, you said before that I'm unloved. So in any circumstance I am in, I'm always going to look for that response, for that truth that, yeah, that person said that because I'm unloved. She can't love me. They treat me that way because I'm unloved. It's just a confirmation to keep that core belief, a strong foundation in your subconscious. And But what you said here, the phenomenon is, I like the example that if you didn't have that before, so you didn't have the awareness, that's why it's so important to know this topic and become aware of your thoughts and where is it coming from because awareness is the first step for a change that's why we're digging in in this topic today so i love that is our brain works a certain way but it's it's flexible and that's the beauty of it then you bring the word of god into it and then it, boom it's even better yeah so i want to give a real life example that i think people can connect to let's take a woman who has struggled to have intimate relationships with men in her life. Maybe she has a core belief that all men are pigs. Maybe this is something that she heard an important female in her life say at a young age, or maybe it's just based off of her own experience with men, maybe lack of a father figure or some type of an abuse that she experienced as a child. She's developed this core belief that all men are pigs, all men are bad. Then she decides to go out with a, a guy. Let's say that this guy has done everything right. He's been really sweet to her. He's been very interested in her. He's doing all the right things. She decides that she's going to go out on a date with him. He picks her up. He brings her flowers. He pays for dinner. Everything is going well. But at one point in the night, let's say he turns his head and, and catches the eye of another woman. And it's just a split second and then his attention's back on her. But everything that he had done in that moment gets erased because her core belief is all men are bad, all men are pigs. And all her brain needed was that one moment to confirm, yep, this guy's a pig. Yeah, she was like, I knew it. Yep. I knew that was going to happen. Exactly. So let's talk about why this is so important. So understanding core beliefs can help you reframe and retrain your brain to carry beliefs that serve you rather than hinder you. So if you've got these core beliefs that your brain is automatically creating thoughts from and is shaping the way that you see the world, there can be limiting beliefs that are core to who you are and to how you see the world. 
and there can be empowering beliefs. So understanding what our core beliefs are and which of those core beliefs are empowering beliefs versus limiting beliefs can be really powerful as far as how we shape our future. I love that. You know, going to our favorite book, the Bible, in Romans 12, 2, one of our favorite verses, it says that, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that the Bible says, right, it is possible. It's about you becoming aware of your thoughts and then replace it, reframing, telling yourself a different story. We are all telling ourselves a story of our past and how we tell ourselves that story is how we live now and how we project our future. So looking and analyzing that story that you keep telling yourself that are based on your core beliefs and experiences and traumas and what you saw, how you grew up, the environment you were in, all of that impact how your core beliefs were formed. But the Bible says, doesn't matter the past, it is possible to change the way you live now and the future that you have for your life. And that's what we love about God and his grace and his goodness and his word, because we didn't grow up in a perfect environment and we didn't know what we didn't know until we learned. So then we became aware, we made the decision to make change and we love, and that's why we're so focused in legacy and future and our kids. And we're so thoughtful of the things that they see, they watch, that they hear, who has, they spend time with and all of those things, because that will impact their future. We know we're messed up parents. All parents are messed up. So forgive your parents. <laughs> we're all learning that we are doing the best with what we know right now. But the better we can do, the better our kids will grow up and become emotional health. Yeah. One of my favorite books that you and I read together from Dr. Caroline Leaf was Switch on Your Brain. And she talks a lot about exactly this, understanding how your brain works through neuroplasticity and how over time, if you focus on the things that you think about and the things that you believe, you can actually rewire your brain's chemistry through neuroplasticity as you, because your brain is constantly reforming itself. Old cells are dying, new cells are being created, new synapses are being created between cells in your brain that create thought patterns. And if you can trace back to these core beliefs and understand how those are shaping different thought patterns in your life, then you bring your awareness to those. And that's what's most important. We're going to talk a little bit about some practical steps that you can take to identify core beliefs and then reframe any limiting or negative core beliefs that you're holding. The key there is awareness of them. You've got to be able to identify them first and then through intentionality, you can change your beliefs. You can reframe your beliefs and create brand new thought patterns that serve you and serve your future. So share with us some examples of common negative core beliefs, James. Core beliefs are beliefs that we hold about ourselves, about other people, or about the world's. When we think about the world, a common core belief that many people hold is that the world is inherently bad or the world is inherently dangerous. 
You think about that, especially in our age, the, the age that we live in, this is the safest that we've been as a human race in the history of the human race. But still, so many people think of the, of the world being an inherently dangerous or inherently bad place. Because there is a lot of evil in the world, there is a lot of danger in the world, but generally speaking, we're safer today than we've ever been before. From a perspective of thinking about other people, we talked about a thought of every man is a pig or every man is bad, or think of it like this, a lot of people have core beliefs of different races or different religions. Every Christian is fill in the blank. Every Muslim is fill in the blank. Again, these are just examples of core beliefs that we could have about other people. And then core beliefs that we hold about our, ourselves. And I think these are the most important to start with as far as understanding our core beliefs, because this is where our limiting beliefs about our own capability and our own purpose come from. Thoughts like, I'm unlovable, or... I'm weak, I'm incompetent, I'll never measure up, I can't handle the pressure, I'm a bad person. That's one I think that a lot of people have is I'm a sinful person or I'm a bad person because I've done bad things or I've done something bad in the past, so that makes me a bad person. I would like to add some to that too because as you were speaking, I was thinking on my coaching, when I'm coaching, when we're talking about starting your business and it's something new that you've never done. First of all, there's the, the, the top process of I don't want to fail. I don't want to be rejected. And, and second, there is very common one that is about charging. So when you start something new, there's that preconception that the other person doesn't have the money to invest on my services because you think you're not worth it. You think what you have, it's not value enough because you haven't seen the proof of the truth of you have to service. So that's a, a basic, very real way. Or if you have a job and you need a promotion and you know all your skills, you're doing a job higher than what you're supposed to, but then you have the preconception that my, my boss is not going to give me that promotion. I'm not in that level yet. Even though you have been doing that job for a whole year, but you don't, you don't believe that you're worth it. You don't believe that you're capable. You don't believe that you're enough for the next position that is available for you. So that is like placing a cap for your growth, right? When you, you're dealing in leadership, you're dealing with people all the time. So what is the preconceptions or core beliefs that you have about the other person? Other person doesn't like me because I'm higher than them. But then that core belief will, will hold you back coming on a, a deeper relationship to that person to understanding them and better lead them in that position or to grow or to whatever vision you, you have as a leader for them. Yeah, one of our prior episodes was on vision, mission, purpose. And you're exactly right. It will hold you back from having a grand vision for your life because you have a, a limiting belief about who you are or what you're capable of. So the example of a promotion or will, will anybody invest in themselves and hire, by hiring me as a coach, those limiting beliefs of, well, who am I or what do I have to bring 
to this situation can absolutely limit how far you'll go in life because they'll limit the goals that you set for yourself. They'll limit the vision that you cast for your life. And you can only go as far as your vision will take you. And maybe maybe you cast a vision that is so grand that you'll never get there. I hope you do. Because what's the saying? You know, shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. That's exactly what this is about. It's about having a grand vision for, for your life and then developing yourself to become the person that can achieve that vision. Adding to that as well, because we were talking about core beliefs, like the belief, right? As you were saying, your vision, that you set a vision so big that you can't accomplish. But now, where does God play in that? Where's your faith? Where's your belief that the God is going to come in? Because if he gave you the vision, right? If he called you, he's going to equip you and he's going to give you the right resources. He's going to put you in the right places, but you got to be willing to go there. And that's where your beliefs are going to either hold you back or push you into to the new places, to the new opportunities, to the new things that are going to show up because he's opening up doors for you or closing them. Yeah, if your vision is only as high as you can carry it, then it's not big enough. You're putting a cap on God and you're not operating in faith. You're operating under your own will, your own strength, your own capacity or what you believe your capacity to be. But God will advance your capacity. If you put your faith in God and put your faith in a vision that is bigger than what you think you can accomplish on your own and let God figure out the how on how that's going to come to pass, then you'll find that you can achieve far more. But having a limiting core belief about yourself, about the situation that you're in, about the people that are around you, about the world in general, will put a cap on what that vision can be or on how far you can come or how far you can get toward realizing that vision. Yeah. Let's get more personal here. Can you share one of your core beliefs that you can see you had in the past? Yeah. So this was a difficult one for me to come to grips with because I thought for a long time that this was a good belief to have. I thought it was a belief that was empowering me, not limiting me. It's really only after you and I got married, we started talking about finances and getting more serious about setting goals from a legacy finance perspective that it really dawned on me that this belief that I've had has been limiting all along because of the behaviors that it led to. The belief is I can always make more money. So where this belief comes from is as a kid, I watched my dad make a lot of money. He owned a construction business and for a period of time, he made a lot of money. He also spent a lot of money. I don't know if I heard him say the words or if it, it just watching how he lived his life and watching money kind of come easily at times and then not so easily at other times. But even in the, in the valleys, times when money was tight, we always had enough. I know it was probably not that it didn't feel that way to my parents <laughs> at times. And I know that even for me, like I know that there were rough times financially for us growing up, but even in the rough times, I felt like, well, we've still got a house over our head. We've still got clothes on our back. We've still got food on the table. It must not be that hard. And in the good times, it was like we had anything we wanted and more. 
And so I developed over time this thought that, well, money comes easy. If you just buckle down, if you put your head down, if you work hard, money will come. And so when I got into my early 20s, I was a leader pretty early in corporate America. I made six figures for the first time when I was 24 years old. I've only not made six figures or more twice since then. But into my early 30s, I had very little to show for all the money that I had made. And that's because much like my dad, I spent absolutely everything that I made. And I always had this thought that, well, I can just make more. And saving for retirement and those types of things, I was doing that. I had a 401k that came out before I ever saw it. That was the only way that I was going to save money for the future is if I never saw it in the first place. Because every dime that came to me got spent. I lived a great lifestyle. I went out and did whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. Those things were fun in your 20s and early 30s to do. But it dawned on me, again, after you and I got together, and now I had somebody else relying on me and somebody else to cast a vision of the future with, that I had very little to show for all those years. In fact, not only did I have very little to show, I was in debt when you and I met. If you'll remember, I had a, over $15,000 in credit card debt when you and I first got together. So not only did I not have you know money put away or invested, I actually owed a lot more money than what I had at the time. And thank God we're not in that place anymore, but we're only not there because I've reframed this belief in my head that it's okay to spend everything that you make because you can just go out and make more. Now I have a vision for the legacy, financial legacy, that I want to leave to my children and their children. That's what directs my behavior and how I think about money and how I spend my money. I still believe that I can go out and make more money, but the behavior attached to that belief has changed because I've been intentional about changing. Tell a little bit about how you now that you know you're aware of that core belief, how did you change the behavior pattern? Because that's the important part of reframing. So tell us a little bit of how did you do that in your life? Yeah, so again, the the core belief itself hasn't necessarily changed. It's how I think about that belief and what that belief means for me today and, and in the future that has changed because I've been intentional about changing that piece of it. Again, I still believe that if I work hard and if I focus on leveraging my strengths, money will come. But the purpose of money in my life has changed because I've been intentional about changing that belief about money. So money is no longer there to serve my immediate gratification in life. Mm -hmm. Now my money is there to serve the future legacy that I want my life to leave. That's good. That's really good. Thank you for sharing. What about you? Do you have any personal core beliefs you want to share? Yes, I have many of them. But uh, the one that comes to mind, it was when I got I got my green card. We were married, and then I was I had finished my MBA, and I was looking for 
a job in corporate America, my first job here in the United States. And I remember having this, this belief that I, I wasn't good enough because my English wasn't good enough. I wouldn't be able to get a job. And I remember having this conversation with you and you were shocked, like, you have no idea. Some of the people that I work with, your English is perfect. But that core belief, it was planted. I don't think I said it was perfect. But perfect for it's, to it's go find enough. a job. <laughs> it's good enough. Okay, that's, that's good. It's still good enough. But I remember because here's the thing. When I was in, I think I was in fifth grade. That was the first time I had English as a subject in school. And it was the first test in English. And I was not prepared. I had not studied. I got a big zero on that test. And I remember very well the day that I got that test back. And I saw that zero in my test. And that really stick to me. But that, that was engraved in my subconscious that I didn't know English. You know, even though I was living here in the United States for, what, eight years already? I could get my way around, but when, when it came to the job position, that on my mind was like too big for my little English. Even though I had the knowledge, I had the skills, I have the qualities, everything that was necessary to get that job, which I did. And you had completed an MBA yeah. <laughs> in English. Well, that, that's to show how the core beliefs play in our life. And it's something so true to whatever had, like for me, that was, a big thing. Yeah. But then there's another phase in my life when our transition from San Diego to Texas that I, I left my job and I became a stay-at-home mom for a while. I had a core belief that I could not be a mom and a successful woman in a workplace at the same time. Mm. And that was really hard because for many times I thought, that's it. I'm stuck. I'm never going to be able to go out there and get a, a job or start something new. Now I'm a mom. That's it, which comes with a lot of work, but not all that I wanted to do in my life. Mm -hmm. But then God comes in because I was growing a relationship with him. That's when I call upon him and said, my belief right now is that I can't do nothing else than this. But I know you're capable of more. I know I can trust you. In that season, what he told me was stay still and know that I am God because he needs to work in me and through me. And all those core beliefs needed to go away. So it is just painting a picture, showing an example of how those beliefs can play such a big part on holding you back from living the life that God has for you. And that's why we're here talking about this today and sharing some of our own struggles on those areas because we didn't know what we didn't know. We start learning about that when we first read that book of Dr. Carolyn Leaf. That's when we, our awareness start becoming part of our lives and like okay we can actually change this we can change our brain we can change the way we're thinking we can align with the word of god mm. we can bring the word of, of god alive in our lives and prophesy that and believe in that by the way that's the most powerful part of her book is that she she works the word of god into the neuroscience behind how our brains work and basically uses what science is learning about the brain today to prove what the Bible has been telling us all along about how we operate and how through intentionality and through connection with the Holy Spirit, we can retrain our brains, take control and authority over our thought patterns and ultimately our experience of life through the way that we think. 
And now, as a coach, I see this a lot with my clients, the core beliefs, because they will come into a conversation and wanting to do something, but they keep saying, I can't, I can't, and I can't. And my, I just ask, why can't you? Who told you that? Sometimes they're shocked, like, nobody. It's like, okay, where is that coming from? What is, what is the root cause, right, of that, that response that you're having, that you can't do something? Yeah, and helping them trace that thought back to its origin is what's most important. Exactly. It's asking, did you get this thought from somebody? Did you get this belief from somebody? Did you create this belief by seeing something? Were you observing something and then this was created in your head? But is this the truth? Let's go to the Bible. What does the Bible say? What other people can do in their lives? Like you can see... You people, see possibility exactly. in the world, right? People are achieving the thing you want to, yeah. but you don't believe that you can't. What do they have that you don't? Mm. We're all this, we're humans. They have the courage to go try. Yeah, and fail and learn and try again. Exactly, yes. Okay, so what's the solution? If we've identified, hey, I've got these limiting beliefs, I spend the time and effort that it takes to trace those beliefs back to their origin and understand this is why I believe this. How do I change that then? Found cognitive behavioral therapy. They teach a way for you to do this, which will be first step. You just start writing. Again, we're back into journaling, spending time, thinking. You got to think about what you're thinking. So then you make a list and then, or you pay attention, right? Unproductive thoughts. And then you start taking notes, just taking notes of everything. Pay attention of the behavior that that thought is causing in your life. Is that a positive behavior? Is that a behavior that you wanted to continue or not? So that's important as well. Yeah, just like the, the core belief that I shared earlier can be a, an empowering core belief. It could be a limiting core belief. In my past, it was limiting because of the behaviors that it drove for me that were default behaviors. Oh, I can make more money, which means I can spend whatever I make now. Well... No, understanding that core belief and reframing how I think about that core belief changed the behaviors that are attached to it. So now I, I retained the core belief of if I work hard, money will come and I can always make more money. But now the behaviors that are tied to that are more focused on how can I invest that money? How can I give that money? How can I save that money for my future and for the legacy that I want to leave? And to, to demonstrate my core value of generosity rather than how can I live the best life I can possibly live based on what I make today. Yeah, that's good. And then the third step would be the replacement taught, right? Creating a, after you having the list of your core beliefs and then you know the behaviors that, that it brings. Think about what is the new behavior that you wanted to adopt, right? And what is the new thought you wanted to adopt when that comes? Or if it's a, if you've recognized a core belief that is a limiting belief in its nature, you can replace that with a productive core belief. You can, again, tying it back to the word of God or um, just dismissing a belief that doesn't hold any truth but may be something that you've acted upon or has shaped thought patterns in your life before, you can actually choose 
to carry a new belief into the future. And so that's what we're talking about here is making a list as you go through, as you start to, as you struggle with things or as you become aware, and this is the key here is, is bringing your awareness to what you're thinking and where those, where those thoughts are coming from. But step one is bringing your awareness to that, listing out what the core beliefs are, recording which of those core beliefs are unproductive thoughts for you, and then creating some replacement thoughts. So those are steps one, two, and three. And I would go even forward, like the, the replacement thoughts, use the Bible, use the, the word of the Lord, the truth that will help you replace and live a life based in biblical principles. And then the step fourth, it's have that visible, like read that often, have in places that you can remind. I would say read it first thing in the morning to remind yourself of those things throughout your day you notice and then you replace it like you apply when you get that taught you can say to yourself cancel and then say the right thought that you wanted to have about that thing and this is the the steps that we have researched and found what what I have done in my life is the same steps but in a different order so what I have done and what I still do in my life is I pay attention to my behavior and my actions and if I'm acting or behaving in a way that I don't like, it's not according with my core values or with the Bible, the way I want to live my life, I stop and I backtrack this exactly steps. So I'm like, okay, what was the thought that I was having that made me act this way? What was either the circumstance? What triggered that thought to start? Was it somebody said something? Was it a, a circumstance? Was it a, a, a smell? Was it something in my environment that caused that thought to be trigger and then the behavior. So then you can backtrack and right there, you can take notes as well and then reframe it. And with the saying to yourself out loud, cancel, it is amazing how you can stop your brain from thinking certain things. I had big time struggle with fear in my life. And many times I had to tell myself, cancel that thought and then reframe it with the word of God that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of a power of a love and a sound mind. This is the actual exercise that we are talking about. So you can tell yourself out loud, cancel. I'm smiling here because I'm thinking about how you were afraid to enter into corporate America because of your, <laughs> your limited English proficiency. And here you are hosting a podcast in English. Isn't so, God amazing? Go. <laughs> he made me write a book and now you're talking here in English. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right. So we need to wrap up here. So our call to action uh, for everybody, we're going to link in the show notes, these steps that we've talked about from a cognitive behavioral therapy perspective. We'll link um, a link in our show notes where you can go and learn more about this yourself. You can also explore this concept of core beliefs or uh, research more on cognitive behavioral therapy and the solutions that that can bring for identifying and reframing limiting core beliefs. But what we want to encourage everybody to do coming out of this episode is start to bring your awareness to any limiting beliefs that you're carrying. It's good to understand your core beliefs, both positive and negative, but the negative ones that limit the capacity that we have or limit the vision that we have for our own lives, those need to be reframed. So start to bring your awareness to those. Like we've talked about here, start to make a list 
of what those negative beliefs are. Read the Word of God. Do some research on your own. Pray about it and ask God to reveal to you what is the truth when it comes to that thing. And then create replacement thoughts for those beliefs. And then as you start to read this journal uh, out loud to yourself on a regular basis, you start to become aware of where those thoughts are playing into your life more often. And you can start to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ in the moment. So you, the more that you read through these, through this list that you'll make for yourself, the more that you think about these beliefs and these thoughts, the more you'll start to recognize them coming up in your life. The more you'll start to recognize the behaviors that they elicit from you. And then you can start to capture them in real time and start replacing them in real time. Just like Maria was just saying, you can cancel them out loud in the moment and, and start to believe something better about yourself, about others, about the world, about your future. Yeah, that's right. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, we hope this has blessed you. Join us again next week. We've got more greatness to share with you. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please review, like, subscribe, and share it with someone you think would benefit from it. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Legacy Minded Leadership on your preferred platform. You can also email us directly at LegacyMindedLeadership at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you're interested in learning more about individual coaching with me or Maria. Until next time, stay focused on your purpose and remember that God loves you and he has great plans for your life.